Welcome back to the Look and Sound of Leadership, an ongoing series of executive coaching tips designed to help you be perceived in the workplace the way you want to be perceived. I'm Tom Henschel, your executive coach, and today we're talking about questions as leadership. Roger is a scientist. When he became a team leader, he knew he would need to develop his people skills. After observing him with his staff, I suggested we focus on his skills as a questioner. Being a scientist, he wanted to know why. I told him he often asked questions that stifled rather than encouraged interaction. He found this delightfully curious, so we explored how to ask questions so he'd get the results he wanted. One of the first things I did with Roger was to ask him to just sit back and react to a question of mine. I then said, do you have any questions? For just a second, imagine I'm speaking directly to you. I'm going to ask you that same question. Do you have any questions? What's your automatic response? If you're like most people, you shake your head, indicating, nope, no questions here. While we're still in elementary school, we learn that that's the safe answer, the right answer. I wasn't surprised when Roger automatically shook his head no in answer to my question. Then I asked Roger this question. What questions do you have about this? He did as many people do upon hearing that question. He disengaged his eye contact and looked up at the ceiling. Suddenly he was turned inward, accessing his own thinking. It was a quite different response to what essentially is the same question. When I pointed out his widely differing reactions to the same question, the scientist in Roger was fascinated. The first question, do you have any questions, is close-ended. It asks for a brief, in this case a yes-no, answer. Close-ended questions are perfect when you're looking for agreement or specific data, or you want to draw a discussion to a close. Other close-ended questions are, when can I expect to see that? Are we going forward with the promotion, or do we need approval? Any reservations about this? Roger's tendency was to ask close-ended questions even when he wanted interaction and discussion. At those times, close-ended questions stifled rather than encouraged discussion. We worked to develop his skill asking open-ended questions that invite broad thinking and participation. For example, here are four open-ended questions. What do you want me to take away from this? How does that sound to you? If we went that direction, what do you think would happen? Tell me more about that. Now, this last example isn't a question, but it certainly does invite broad thinking and participation. When Roger began employing open-ended questions, people started telling him what was on their minds. <laughs> what he found out was that he had to learn to be quiet and listen. But he was getting a lot more information than he had been. Roger had another tendency that didn't get the result he wanted. He loved to ask why questions. Why did you do it that way? Or why did you tell her that? His intention in asking why questions was to satisfy his curious mind. Unfortunately, no matter how well intended, why questions tend to provoke defensive responses. Without telling him what I was doing, I asked him four why questions in a row. By the fourth one, he began to sound defensive. When I pointed that out to him, he got the point. But he couldn't imagine what the alternatives were. 
Well, they're actually surprisingly simple. Here are three examples that substitute for why questions. That's interesting. What was the thinking behind that? I'm not sure I understand that yet. Tell me more about that. You've heard that last one before. It really is useful. And you'll notice that the last two actually aren't questions at all. I'm not sure I understand that. Tell me more about that. Another substitute for a why question is a gesture. Put your palm up, hand parallel to the floor, then flip all four fingers back and forth as if signaling, come here. When done with a tilt of the head and an inquiring look, it clearly means keep talking. And people do. Roger loved this. He felt like Obi-Wan Kenobi using the force on unsuspecting stormtroopers. Because Roger truly was brilliant, he moved through the world very quickly. And like many of us, he harbored the belief that people are fundamentally the same as himself. The result was that he often assumed people were with him when in fact he had left them behind. Not surprisingly, as a result, his group often struggled with management and accountability issues. I urged Roger to ask at the end of a topic, what's your understanding of what we just discussed? Roger resisted this one behavior more than anything we worked on together. He felt it was going to show a lack of trust and sound condescending. I acknowledged his feelings, but I stuck to my guns. I urged Roger to try it and see what happened. Once he began asking people their understanding, Roger was astounded. People's understandings of what had been discussed were wildly different from what he thought had been discussed. Being basically generous and objective, Roger willingly took responsibility for the communications gap. He gladly clarified details to reach mutual understanding. What chilled him was thinking about all the years he'd been assuming there had been understanding when there probably hadn't been. Roger found this question, what's your understanding of what we just discussed, created two profound changes. First, it forced him to stop assuming there was understanding and agreement. Second, it greatly enhanced his team's performance and accountability. About a year after I worked with him, I heard it had become a sort of signature of his. People knew to expect it from him, and they liked it. There are many ways to use questions as a leadership tool. The three ways discussed here are, number one, open and close-ended questions are different. Use each one with intention. Number two, avoid asking why questions. Number three, ask what people understand about what's been said, then work together toward mutual agreement. If improving your communication skills and managing how you're perceived in the workplace interests you, some other podcasts you might listen to are Answering Essay Questions, Answer What's Asked, and Getting Agreement. Those podcasts can be found on the Essential Communications website, essentialcom.com. That's essentialcom with two M's dot com. From our homepage, click the navigation button marked Coaching Tips. That'll take you to an archive of all our podcasts, where you can search by categories that interest you. From the archive, you can also download PDFs of every tip to save for yourself or forward to others. Our podcasts are also available through iTunes. Just search 
for the look and sound of leadership. Until next time, I'm Tom Henschel. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>